Four weeks came and went between Hungary and Belgium and Max Stappen came back even more refreshed than before. But how will he fare in his home race this weekend? Hello and welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast, everybody. This is episode number one, uh, 226, where we're going to be previewing the 2022 Dutch Grand Prix. I'm your host, George Housen. And joining me today, we have Aaron Harper from the Five Red Lights podcast. Hello. Carl King from the Monkey Seat podcast. Hello. And Warren Shaw from the Paddock Pals podcast. Hello. So, lads, let's uh, let's get into previewing the race. Obviously, we've got the Dutch Grand Prix on this weekend at Zandvoort. It's Max Verstappen's home race. And with the form that Verstappen has been in, Aaron, it's, it is very, very difficult to look past the home hero coming into this one. It almost seems that it doesn't matter where he starts the race. He's going to finish it in first no matter what. Yeah, it's... It's a bit worrying, isn't it, in terms of uh, a competitive uh, scenario because Verstappen is driving so well and so consistently and the Red Bull package is so good at the moment. It is it's something of a throwback to more recent times with Hamilton and Mercedes and obviously to uh, a bit further back down the line to Schumacher and Ferrari. But I still think yesterday's performance was very track-specific and we could see Ferrari and potentially Mercedes get a little bit closer. So even if Verstappen does win, I think he won't have it quite all his own way like he did uh, yesterday afternoon, which was, I, I've never seen a victory from down the order quite so easy, if that, <laughs> that makes sense. It was, it was just so inevitable. I don't think it will be quite the same in uh, Holland, even though he's going to have an army of supporters there to, to support him. We saw how vociferous they were and how colourful it was last year. Um, it's a very different type of circuit. Yes, there's the the straight-ish from uh, including the banking and the run out of turn three down towards, I think it's turn six, that sort of horseshoe-shaped corner is, it's very high speed. So a car with good aero efficiency like the Red Bull will do well there. But there are some more slow, twisty sections which might bring the Mercedes and Ferrari, especially the Ferrari, more into play. Yeah, exactly. I, I know what you mean. It's um, it, it should be a bit more even this weekend. I mean, it's, it is not easy to pass uh, around Zanvoort. There's only really one proper passing spot, and that's into the Tarzan hairpin, the first corner. Um, but aside from that, you can't really get past. Spa is just so high speed that... Verstappen was, I mean, yeah, he was incredibly quick as well, which obviously helped. But it's one of the easiest, uh, one of the easiest tracks to pass on throughout the entire calendar, which we're going to be seeing next year as well, which is great. I got confirmed for 2023 as well, which is a uh, positive news for sure. Um, but Warren, let's not completely discount Sergio Perez in this. He's up to second in the drivers' championship now. Admittedly, he finished eighth in last year's race, but he did start from the pit lane as well. He he could do decent around this track, especially if the tire wear is quite high, like it was in Spa this. Uh, spa yesterday and um, how do you see the mexican getting on this weekend i think he's gonna do pretty well look he's had that type of consistent season that you want from your number two driver i would have to say like you don't want the number two to be the alpha and he definitely is not the alpha in that team so like he's got the perfect role for him i like that from him but uh look i this track i since it's harder to pass you would assume minus team orders maybe if you like had to keep qualified on pole that's probably the only way he's got a chance to win right i i, I don't know other than that way how, how he wins the race unless max somehow like dnfs or whatever like anytime something brings in he's gonna get the second strategy but like perez for him the goal is to just be get second 
in the uh, driver's championship there. And right now he's got that. And I, I think he's had a pretty solid year, much better than last year. Yeah, he's really grown into the car this year. He is doing a lot better. Um, unfortunately for him, Max Verstappen, I think, has just raised his game even more, to be honest. Um, but, you know, he could do well this weekend, Perez. He's a, you know, he's a very consistent driver. He's had a better result last week. So let's see how he gets on with that. Um, now we're going to move on to Ferrari next, Carl. Now, just some absolutely bonkers strategy calls. Again, pitting Leclerc with just a few laps to go like they did. Um, I think he's been demoted as well. And I think he got some sort of penalty after the race. So I think he ended up in sixth after all that too. It's, it's you know, it's becoming... It's because it's been like this for a bit, but it's really now a question of when Verstappen wins the title, not if. So Ferrari, to save face, they at least have to finish second in the constructors, but they need to be getting more solid results if they're going to do that. I think Ferrari have just given up when they're suggesting to Leclerc that the best he can do is fifth. Like, what's the point? And then comes in sixth and tries to take a fast slap off and then gets him stuck behind in a battle with Alonso was just the stupidest decision they've ever made um he could have had a you know he didn't gain anything out of it um and would have had a safe fifth and instead he's ended up in a sixth um with a penalty for speeding in the pit lane it was just mental and that's all that ferrari are ever going to be able to do at the moment i think they've signed out i don't know whether they've just stopped with the upgrades or whether the upgrades aren't working i can't quite work out quite what's going on with them um their strategy team needs to be fired and they need a new strategy team i think we can all agree on that and you know we're all armchair racers here and not one of us could ever work out what the hell their plan was um the clerk is a good driver but i I do wonder if the writing's on the wall for him um to look elsewhere um because he's just not getting the support there at all um he's a great driver but that Ferrari are doing Ferrari things and we all started off the season wanting Ferrari to do really well and unfortunately he's not available he's not going to do anything in this um he'll get fourth fifth sixth you know I don't think he's even going to get third um which is what he rightfully should have um obviously this all depends on which amount of people decide to have energy penalties um again which obviously helped last time um or yesterday um but it's just a complete joke, isn't it? In some ways, yeah, it is. I mean, it, it was you know, it was it was so close for a while um, early in the season, but that that's just such a long time ago now. Um, Verstappen and Red Bull have kicked on, Ferrari have regressed, and it, yeah, it's just impossible to see him getting any kind of get anywhere close to Red Bull for the rest of the season, really. Um, but the team that are close to them, the Mercedes, in third place in the constructors. Let me just have a look at the gap. It was thirty points for the last race, so. It's opened up a bit now. It's uh, it's forty one because obviously only only one Mercedes finished the last race. But in terms of pure pace, Aaron, uh, you know, even around Spa, a, tra- a power track, a track that's a bit bumpier, a lot of a lot of undulation, a track where you'd expect Mercedes to struggle relatively to Ferrari. They were not far behind them really. If they can get both of the cars to the finish, which they have done for pretty much the whole season apart from the last race, again, it could be a good result for them again this week, and then they could close up that gap with Ferrari. Yeah, we've seen all the way through the season that Mercedes sort of come into their own on a Sunday and they really struggled this weekend in Spa uh, in qualifying because it was just so cold on Saturday afternoon. And yet when the temperature rose on Sunday, and I know that's all sort of circumstantial, the car seemed to work again. 
we'll never know exactly how Lewis Hamilton's race would have panned out. Um, Fernando Alonso saw to that, unfortunately. Um, But George Russell drove really, really well. And again, he's showing that maturity and consistency and just delivering with a car that perhaps isn't, well, it's certainly not the best that it could be. And he's at least keeping Lewis honest. And I think if the opportunity presents itself, Mercedes are on hand to pick up the spoils. But the problem is that Ferrari aren't close enough to disrupt Red Bull. So there's no sort of uh, strange things happening at the front, a bit like last year where Verstappen and Hamilton, uh, they seem to take each other off. Well, they did take each other off a couple of times and it presented opportunities. Mercedes are going to have to just keep plugging away. And I think they can get some good points this weekend. A podium is probably the best they can hope for. But if Ferrari are reliable uh, on track and on the pit wall, which is a big if, then Mercedes have just got to keep snapping away at their heels and hope that something falls their way. I don't see them having the pure pace to deal with Ferrari and Red Bull. And I think a big question mark will be how that Mercedes, because it's run so low and so stiff, how it deals with the banking of turn three and turn, uh, I think it's 13. Someone can correct me on that. Um, the, the final corner. So how that triggers the porpoising, and it's going to be the same for everybody, but Mercedes, we saw earlier in the year, struggle with that. It might just rear its ugly head again. Yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. It is not a flat... I mean, obviously, the Netherlands is a very flat country, but the <laughs> Zandvoort is anything but a flat circuit, especially the uh, the last corner, like you said, Aaron. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a hell of a... It's, it's spectacular to see the cars go through there, but that'll definitely be a, it'll be a clench moment for the first time that the Mercedes drivers uh, go over that at full speed. Um, but yeah, it's Mercedes in the ascendancy. Uh, Alpine in the ascendancy as well, Warren. Another good weekend for them uh, at Spa. That's now four... Uh, four double points finishes in a row this season. And because McLaren did not score any points, we'll get onto them very shortly, but because McLaren didn't score any points, the gap now between Alpine and McLaren is 20 points, which is a big lead in that midfield battle. And again, they're just they're just so consistent. Even though Alonso was in the wars with, with Hamilton, they still both got double points. And it's kind of hard to see them not scoring double points again this weekend. No, I agree with that. It's good to see that whatever driver market drama that they have off the track is definitely not affecting the car on circuit and everything like that. Obviously, you know, Alonzo is going to drive his uh, his heart out, especially when he's when he's trying to take down Lewis or tr- in, in a battle with Lewis as the team rated. But boy, they again, like Otmar, what has he said? 15 drivers have called to try and be in his in, in the seat next year. Anybody that's not in that car, they should be running to get into that seat. You should want to get, look how good that car has been. They, they figured it out. Like, just like you said, ultimate consistency, like it's going to be there. They, they show good pace. Like they, they have put together a good team and they are clear, clearly the fourth fastest car on the grid. I think they've, they've definitely overtaken McLaren with that this year as it shows in the standings and everything, but they are solidifying themselves as like a top, a top of the, uh, at the top of the midfield. Yeah, Alpine uh, making big progress there, definitely. And you know, I, I thought McLaren was hoping McLaren would be able to to beat them this season, but after it looks like the gap of anything has opened up even more because Carl, it was a du- it was a double non 
non-score for McLaren the last weekend. It just, I mean, norm, normally it's Ricardo we can have a go at because he's just got a lack of pace. But the car was just well off. And when you have a when you have a Williams scoring points, when you have an Aston Martin scoring points, when you have an Alpha Tauri that scored points from the pit lane, you know there's something seriously wrong with that car. It's it's incredibly inconsistent. So how do you see them getting on this weekend? Because it's it's almost just pick a result out of a lucky dip, really, at this point. I I just don't get it. I like well, the, the, let's be honest though. Um, where did Ricardo end up so far back? In still behind Norris, and Norris, you know, was was far back because of all these penalties. So like, how the, I don't know what's going on in McLaren. They seem to have just left the planet of how to drive or how to at least manage their cars. I, the thing is, it's not like Ferrari uh, where you can pinpoint who it is. It's the strategist, strategists that are screwing up. I haven't actually quite worked out what is screwing up McLaren and no one seems to be able to answer that. Is it the car? Is it the drivers? Is it the strategy? It doesn't seem to make any sense. Um, and no one's talking about it. Everyone's just like, oh, it's Ricardo's shit. Sorry, Ricardo's rubbish. And we're going to have to deal with that. Um, and then we'll just ignore Norris. Uh, because he's doing better than Ricardo, but you know I'm a Norris fan. I love Norris. I think he's a great driver, but obviously something's not right in that car at the moment, and that's something that we're going to have to really look at. Or they're going to have to really look at. But no one's talking about it. So what is going on? And are they all distracted by the Oscar Pistori- Piastri thing? Oscar Pistori- Oscar Piastri thing, um, or what is actually going on with it? Um, but the McLarens are, you know, they should be higher up. They should be fourth, fifth uh, minimum, and they're tenth, eleventh, twelfth at the moment. So I don't know what's going on in that McLaren. I'd love to see what happens. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre old situation. I mean, I don't, it, I don't know everything. Obviously, we don't know what's going on with with Piastri, but it does seem like he's actively fighting to get out of the. Uh, get out of Alpine and get into the McLaren. But you look at the you look at the pace of both teams right now. It's like, why? Why would you why would you want to be? But then again, obviously Alonso's, I mean, obviously I'm sure money was more than a deciding factor in that one, but obviously uh, Alonso has gone to is going to Aston Martin next year. So it's not just about performance this season. Um but yeah, I, I will give a mention as well that we are we are the fifth place team. Uh, if you give us a five star review on iTunes or reviews on Spotify, uh we really appreciate it. If you give us a five-star review on iTunes, we can shout you out. We do the same for the Spotify guys, um, but obviously we, we can't see who, who leaves those, but it was very very much appreciated. I said we passed over 100. We've done that handsome. I think we got 168 last time I looked, uh, reviews on Spotify, which is absolutely massive. <laughs> Thanks so much to everybody who's listening. Uh, and to everybody who's watching on YouTube, i got to apologise for not showing my face in this one. My uh, <laughs> my camera is not playing ball today, um, but you know you get, you get a screen full of... Uh, of Aaron Warren and uh, Carl, so I think you guys will be all right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we do go we do go out live for the previews, the qualifying reviews, uh, and the race reviews as well. Um, so be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I think we passed seven hundred subscribers as well on there, which is uh, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, but uh, thanks. Uh, but let's let's move on to uh, the next one. Let's move on to Alfa Romeo, Aaron, and again another one, a double non-point score. It's now five races in a row. That they haven't scored any points, and it's it's a crying shame for a for a car that was that was showing great pace, but at the same time, you just can't help but feel they keep getting bad luck. I mean, 
I don't know what Bottas could have done. He was just avoiding a crash, just avoiding a Latifi spinning out, wasn't he? Ends up in the gravel. He goes out. Latifi continues. It just seems like that team's a little bit of cursed at the moment. And on Bottas's birthday as well. I mean, how, <laughs> how cruel is that from Latifi? It was so mean. I hope you brought him some cake afterwards. Um, yeah. Alpha, a bit of a funny situation at the moment. They're neither close enough to challenge for fourth, but they're not really being dragged into a fight for anywhere lower because Haas didn't score any points yesterday. Alpha Tauri are a little bit all over the place and only scored with one car. And I think if you'd offered uh, Alfa Romeo five races without scoring a point, um, having scored pretty regularly to start the season at the start of the year, they'd have snapped your hand off for it because the last couple of seasons have been pretty dire uh, by common consensus i mean that whether that was the car or the driver pairing who knows but it just seems to have come together this this season and like you say they have just been a bit unlucky they've been unfortunate enough to have the worst the very worst of the ferrari power unit reliability issues because joe guanyu has had several failures to finish i think he had three in about five races bottas has failed to finish a couple of times with power unit issues. But when the car is going, it's quick and it's comfortably right in the middle of the midfield. And on its day, it can challenge the McLarens and the Alpines. And on its worst days, it's, you know, fighting with Haas and depending on where they are and Alpha, Alpha Tauri. So it's going to be, again, a little bit of a dive into the unknown for Alpha Romeo because they could sort of end up anywhere. It depends what the track does and, and, and how well it suits them. So you can't really give a definite answer on where they're going to be. They'll be somewhere. <laughs> I know that much. Um, and they've got Bottas, who's driving so well. So if the car works, they've got someone who can definitely challenge for, for good points. And to be fair, Joe Guan Yu has driven excellently. So don't write him off either. Yeah, they just they just need a break at the end of the day. They just need a clean weekend where no mechanical issues, no on track issues or anything like that. And especially if Bottas qualifies well, because that car does have great one lap pace, or at least he had great one lap pace earlier in the year. Bottas is a great qualifier, we know that. So if you can just keep, you know, get it up there and just keep it there, then he could probably get some points this weekend. Um we'll just have to see how that goes. Um next up we've got uh we've got the Haas team again. Um no points for them last weekend, uh, but um, you'd, you'd like to think they'd fare a bit better in this in this race, Warren. But they they just seem absolutely off the pace in Belgium. That car, despite um, despite getting some upgrades, it just it seemed worse. If anything, yeah, they brought the upgrades in uh, in Hungary too, and they it did not work. The upgrades again in Belgium, as you said, did not work. They're they're so far off the pace. Who knows what this weekend is going to bring? Like they, everyone, oh, the whole white Ferrari thing. It's as far from it. Uh, I'm a little confused. Like I, I was reading up. It, it doesn't seem like they have a lot of answers for what's going on over there. I, I don't really know. Like the vibe, but like is the the Haas vibe is weird right now. Like Gunter, they're not committing to Mick. It seems like they're ready to make a move off of him, and it's just like. Is that weighing something with the team down? Who who knows? It's just a, a weird vibe to me over at Haas. And if, uh, I mean, you would think that 
Magnuson would be able to put up a little bit better performances than where he's been the last uh, two races. But yeah, the upgrades seem so far to have not worked. And they were like the only team not to bring upgrades until Hungary. Everybody was like, what, what, what are they doing? They had a nice car, but it was just like, what is, what is going on? It doesn't, uh, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't make sense over, over in Haasland. No, it doesn't. It's bizarre. The the car again, a bit like McLaren. It, it's very hot and cold. It seems, it seems great some weekends, and then it seems pretty atrocious some other weekends. Um, my gut is telling me that they won't do particularly well around Zandvoort. It's a very technical track. It's not a high speed one, but you know, you, you just don't know. It's <laughs> anything's possible with them um, when it comes to when it comes to performance. Um, next up, we've got Alpha Tauri. Um, I mean, I mean, they got they got some points at least uh, this weekend. Just gone. Uh, Gasly doing an incredible job to go from the pit lane to um to points. Uh, but aside from that, Carl, it's been it's just been a really bad season for them. They've been well off the pace. But this was the site of one of Gasly's best results last season. I think he got a fourth place absolutely on merit. He was he was fantastic here last year. So maybe it could be a lucky circuit for them. Uh yeah, possibly. Um it's definitely a uh, possibility. I mean, to be fair on them, they started both in the pit and you know, score points. Um, they are the sister team, whatever you want to call it, Red Bull. Um, but you know, it's a th- there's obviously some movement going on in that team as well as to who's going where. And I think that there's a lot of distraction going in that team at the moment as well. Um, I think Alf um Alf are a it could be a strong team and Gasly is a good driver. Um, I always think, you know, he's um, that, that um, the previous race in Belgium is obviously something of a memory for him. And it's never going to be one that's a, the greatest track, although he obviously did get a win there or third there a couple of years ago. Um, but Belgium is not, I don't know. I like, they do like that track. Um, it does play to the um, the Red Bull cars. Um, so I think it should be a reasonable race. I would expect them to be, at least one of them to be back in the points again. Um, probably Gasly. Um, but you never know what Sonoda's going to really do with himself. No, no, you don't. That's a good point. Yeah, there's snow is a bit more inconsistent. Um, but to be fair, he's not been that far for Gasly for most this year. But yeah, let's let's see what they can do. It could be a good weekend for them. Gasly qualified fourth here last year, finished fourth. He, he was one of, the, one of the best performances of the season, in my opinion. Very unstated for him. Um, incredible performance, really. Um, but let, let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to the green team next. Let's go to Aston Martin. Um, Vettel, despite uh, some people may be saying, oh, you know, he's not going to be motivated anymore. He's leaving the sport. He got a great eighth place and one of his best results of the season um, last weekend. Uh, Lance Stroll, I think, just missed out on points. I think he got another, yeah, he got another 11th place. Um, so, Aaron, around a track where it's, you know, it's it's hard to pass, where tyre wear is, is definitely key. It could be a decent weekend for them again. Aston Martin, they don't usually get a lot of points, but they usually get some. I think they've had points in seven of the last eight races, which is a uh, surprisingly consistent from the ninth place team yeah that's that surprises me um i didn't realize they were on quite a hot streak of points but they, the the point you make about the tires is interesting because we saw at some points earlier in the year the, the aston martin drivers it seemed like they were having to pay for their own tires 
they were pitting so f- infrequently. Um, it'd be a difficult one to work out where they're going to end up because they, they have these flashes where the car seems all right. And that tends to coincide with whenever they've bolted on a, a Red Bull side pod or a Ferrari shaped wing or a Mercedes front wing or so, whoever, whoever they've decided to copy uh, most recently. It's, I, d- I don't know how to read them, to be honest, because you've got Vettel and you can't question his motivation because he's, he's an absolute professional. He will drive that car to the best of his ability to the end of the season. There's question marks over Lance Stroll's absolute ability and how much further he can develop. So whether that car is actually being run to its maximum is an interesting question to think about. Next year, it certainly will be with Fernando Alonso behind the wheel. And that might be part of the reasoning why they went after him, because he drives everything to the limit at all times. But for Zandvoort this weekend, I can't see them really penetrating the points this weekend. It would take something out of the ordinary to get Aston Martin that close to the points, like major grid penalties or a collision further up the field, multiple DNFs. I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle for uh, the green machine this weekend, unfortunately. Well, you never know. There's been been some surprising results for them for sure. Um, But yeah, I don't know what you mean. It's a more technical track, so it should be one that they probably struggle around. Probably also one that Williams will struggle around as well, Warren. But saying that, and Alex Albon, the first to admit it, he did a hell of a job backing up a lot of cars in the closing stages of of the last race. I think he posted a, I think he posted a photoshopped image of his Williams stretched really wide across the entire track after he got P10 on his Facebook. So, so, but he could he could produce another performance like that. You never know. But um, I, I wouldn't really hope hold that much hope for Latifi. Oh, yeah, I would say Latifi, not a lot of hope. Albon, I would say, has a little bit better chance, but still don't think so. Don't think the with how uh, short kind of the straights are, the the straight line speed that they had is not going to be that great, uh, that that big an advantage at uh, Zandvoort. So I would say probably not the best for uh, Williams this weekend. I think yesterday in the race it was pretty funny that what lap 14, we had the whole jumble grid and everything, and by like lap 14, Latifi was already back in his rightful home in uh, 18th place, which was last on the grid. So every, everything felt right with Max leading and Latifi back in eighth place with all jumbled. It didn't take that long for everybody to get back in their normal spots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I, again, I can't believe how fast Verstappen got through the field. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So, some things never change. Latifi in 18th, 19th place or whatever. It's always, it's always the same. He is, con- he's incredibly consistent. Just, not in good places. Um, <laughs> so we've got, so we've gone through all the ten teams, all twenty drivers. Uh, we'll now do our uh, our predictions for our top three and our bold prediction. Um, top three for me, unfortunately, I'm going to go with something incredibly boring. I'm going to go for a Red Bull one-two with Stappen leading leading the pair home. So Stappen first, Perez second. I'll go for I'll go for. Sir Lewis in third. I feel like he'll have a good weekend after after his mistake in the last race. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, Aaron, what's your top three prediction? Uh, yeah, I have to agree with you that Verstappen will 
probably win this race. Uh, I'm going to go with Leclerc second. I think I think he's just got. If the Ferrari is useful around that circuit, he's got enough to to challenge for step. And I think that the the pace deficit will be much less. Hopefully, this weekend, just from a sort of competition standpoint, for third place, you could go with signs, or I'd like to see one of the Mercedes up there. Perez drove well yesterday. Uh, I'll go with Perez because Red Bull just have the package at the moment. And, you know, they could easily, like you say, walk away with another one too. Um, yeah. And it's just a matter of time before they wrap up both championships, unfortunately. I can't disagree with any of that. Yeah. Red Bull just seemed to have the best car by far. It was quite, I think it was quite even between Ferrari and Red Bull in terms of the pace of the car earlier in the season, but Red Bull have just absolutely kicked on. Um, there's no, no two ways about it. Uh, Carl, what's your top three prediction? I'm surviving mute. Um, I think, I'm sorry, it's going to be the same as yours, George. I don't think I can be any cleverer than that. Um, I feel sorry yeah. for you then, mate. Um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's no clever, there's no other clever way of doing it. Um, I think it's, yeah, Hamilton, uh, sorry. It's um, uh, Verstappen, Perez, Hamilton. I think, their Ferraris just are be are going to be Ferraris. So, what's the point of trying trying to put them in there? And especially when they don't believe in themselves, it doesn't help us either. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Definitely not. But the man with the red shirt on in this podcast, Warren, could you see a Ferrari on the podium this weekend? Uh yeah, I was going to say Leclerc gets third, but I agree, Max and Checo go uh, go one two. It's uh, it's uh, it's an orange shirt. It's my Cleveland Brown shirt. Ah, uh, oh, close but, enough. Uh, close enough. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, I, I think Leclerc, he'll he'll nick third somehow, some way. But uh, no, I think it's a Red Bull one, too. I agree with you guys there. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, bold prediction time. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. I mentioned Gasly having a really good result here last year. I'm going to go with Gasly for the top six, which would be something very out of the blue. I don't expect it to happen, I'll be honest, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. Aaron, what's your bold prediction? So from what I'm reading in from yours is it's all boring and the usual at the front. In the midfield, there's carnage and yeah, everything else. And then Latifi's just at the, at the back. <laughs> That's how I'm reading you can't, you can't, you can't, Yeah, you can't change that, mate. <laughs> in his, his, his rightful home. Um, bold prediction. <laughs> bold prediction. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to go with Albon for back-to-back points. He's driven so well. He's actually taken the George Russell mantle of driving the wheels off of a Williams. So, yeah, I'm going to tip him for more points. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Williams somehow get a bit close to Aston. I don't see them getting anything better than 10th this year. But if they could, if they could make some sort of battle out of it, that'd be great. I'd love that. Um, Carl, what's your bold prediction? Uh, it has to be. There will be a red flag. I feel like we haven't had one in a while, um, and we've hardly had a safety car. So let's um, crash, bang, wallop in the middle field, um, and really set it all alight. Not literally, because that would be mad. But you know what I mean. <laughs> well, the looks of some of the teams right now wouldn't surprise me if two alphas hit two hasses or something like that. With the way those teams are going at the moment, or <laughs> so Ricardo just explodes because oh. he's realised he's rubbish. But yeah. 
<laughs> Ricardo, Ricardo, honestly, don't get me started on Ricardo. Oh, anyway, <laughs> what's your ball prediction? I will, I'm going to say that uh, George Russell finishes outside the top five. I think every race he's finished Ooh. this year, he's finished inside the top. Yes. Five. And I'm saying he will not. He's outside the top five this week. Yeah, the uh, the undisputed driver of the season so far, George Russell. Uh, <laughs> undisputed, really? I'm, undisputed? I'm joking. I'm joking. One of the best, without a doubt. Um, but Cole will disagree with that. I know he will. Um, <laughs> hey, look, look, you never know. Something crazy like that could happen. Um, but he, ha- he has been very consistent, as we know. As we know. So... It would take something like that to kind of break the point streak. Um, well, the top five streak as it is. Um, but yeah, let's let's see what happens with that. Um, I will give you guys a chance to plug your outlets as well. Aaron Harper, obviously you are part of the Five Red Lights podcast. You're showing this by your amazing animation at the top <laughs> of your video. For the guys who are listening right now, go check out the video to see that. That is, honestly, I bet you've spent many hours making that. But t- tell us all about Five Red Lights, mate. Uh, so... It's an F1 podcast. Uh, I'm recording the Belgium Grand Prix cap tomorrow morning. So it should be out Wednesday. Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at five underscore red underscore lights. You can find me, well, if you're watching the video, you just look at the, the handles in the corner. Uh, I also write for F1 Chronicle and Inside F2. And I'm streaming an F1 manager save with Alpine on Twitch, where I can only use Alpine junior drivers. And their current drivers as well. Alpine using their junior drivers. What kind I know. of messed who, up who, reality is this? Who would have thought it? <laughs> Alpine can't even use their own drivers if they want to. Like <laughs> they want to use Piastri. Just like no, I, I don't want so, to. Yeah. Go. Is there a law dispute in it, Aaron? Uh, well, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. At the moment, I've got Ocon in like a little jail just to keep him there, so he can't <laughs> run away. <laughs> what the third seat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Carl, tell us all about the monkey seat. Uh, you got obviously you did that with uh, one of our regular hosts, Tom Horrocks. Yeah, so uh, we're a monkey seat podcast. Uh, I do it with Tom, uh, my partner in crime. Uh, we're a sweary, jokey, don't really give a hoot about anything podcast, and we have a laugh, and we don't take ourselves seriously. Um, we we break down everything um, in Formula One and try and find the silliness in it all um, and try and understand what the hell's going on and are very opinionated and a bit shouty um, and a bit sweary. But um, yeah, we have a lot of fun and we, you know, me and Tom, Tom's the sensible one of the two, but we, we do have a lot of fun on it. And yeah, yeah it's on all the Mugsy, Mug, you know, the usuals as Mugsy podcast. Yeah. And you guys go live out on YouTube as well. Oh yeah. We're recording tomorrow. I don't know what time, but we are recording tomorrow. Mm, it's also a lottery as to where we we get carl coming to us from sometimes it's his car sometimes it's his office (laughs) yeah i'm currently in wicklow uh county wicklow in ireland so who knows whether where we're going to be next (laughs) just just trotting around the island of ireland (laughs) he's gonna be somewhere over there probably um uh i mentioned that you're part of uh paddock pals podcast warren want to give us a little elevator pitch about that that's my cousin Rachel and I. We the uh, F one podcast. We did a Belgium recap already up. We did it yesterday. We'll do a preview on uh, Wednesday. A little fun, lighthearted podcast the two of us do. Uh, so yeah, you can check us out wherever uh, you get your podcasts. We're on Twitter, Instagram, all the socials as well. We'll try and put some extra 
content out out there. But Rachel and I, we uh, have a fun time. You were on it. You were you were our uh, first guest on it. I was. I was. I had a great time. I do enjoy listening to your guys' show. I listen. I listen to all all the shows. All the uh, the people who come on there, uh, on people who come on Grid Talk, and yeah, they're all fantastic. And obviously, these are three great examples of that too. So. So yeah, um, so I will let you guys know as well that uh, obviously you can find us on Facebook. Just search for F1 Chronicle for that. You can find us on Twitter at F1 Chronicle. Uh, if you want to search us up on TikTok, I do a weekly video on there, 60 second video ranting about something in Formula One. I'm not sure what I'm going to do this week, but probably something about Verstappen just running away with everything and <laughs> as he is at the moment. Um, and yeah, if you want to support the show financially, you can head over to... Uh, head over to our shop f1chronicle.com forward forward slash store i am wearing one of the shirts from that store but unfortunately you can't see it right now you just have to take my opinion to that but if you want to support us another way you can always go to our patreon as well so you can get so i can get a better a better camera so we record these shows with um and we're also available on spotify apple music amazon music uh verbal omni studio pocket cast and the f1 chronicle website so fronchronicle.com i want to thank all my panelists for coming on this week really do appreciate it as always no problem enjoyed it always good fun it was fun thank you very much lads and yes you can catch us for a qualifying analysis of the dutch grand prix on saturday about an hour after the after the event itself i think it'd be 5 p.m british time for that 6 p.m in europe yeah so see you for that one thank you very much everybody and goodbye